0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans. And
2: it What a goal! It's
0: absolutely world class from Marcus today. a goal! Johnson puts it in the air. Aiden Flint! what's it? It's the goal! Oh! It's still with Lee Gregory. He's in the box. Tries to screw him, Is it going to be there? Oh, yes! Oh my God! Tell you what, it's got better, hasn't it, since the last time you were here, Connor. There's a lot going on here, mate. The production values people have started to notice over the last couple of weeks. The last couple of years has got significantly better since we've been in League One, essentially. So, uh, so uh, hello, welcome to another. Hello, I'll start again. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Week. Hello from the other side edition. Today joining me, I've got Connor Southall. Uh, Connor, what uh, what outlet are you from nowadays? It's been a few years since we spoke, hasn't it?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm from the EDP, so the Eastern Daily Press, Norwich Evening News, and the Pinken, which is kind of the sports arm of those mm. local newspapers. So yeah, covering covering Norwich City, and uh, that's that's the best way. But I I, I spread myself about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm glad you're freelancing, bro. I'm glad I'm glad you're doing something to do. So Connor's come to join us to talk about the upcoming game against Norwich City in. There's a lot going on. There's yeah. a lot happening, mate. I, yeah. I've not pre warned Connor about any of this, ladies and <laughs> gents. So, uh, so Connor, listen. Um, midweek game coming up against uh, against Norwich. I mean, uh, how's your season faring compared to ours? I mean, everybody's having a great time compared to us, unless you're Rotherham United. So, you know, t- tell us tell us a little bit about uh, this season and last from uh, from the Canaries' perspective
1: yeah um so as you can tell from that i think i think that maybe reveals it it's it, it, it's interesting because you look at it on paper norwich are, are three points off the off the top six you would mm-hmm. probably expect the move to be okay maybe pr- even pretty good um But it's just not. And I think that maybe is is a reflection of of a few years of of malaise and and, and just kind of where the the football club is at the moment. But there's not a lot of optimism around, to be completely honest with you, which, again, I I know kind of contrast and and sounds a bit silly from the position that you guys are in and Rotherham are in and and others are in. But um, it's all about context when, when, when you speak about these things, I think. And it's been what? 18 months or so since Norwich City were relegated from the Premier League. I think they've mm. they've finished 13th in the Championship last season, which is uh, r- incredibly difficult to do with parachute payments, I think, in, in, at this level now. Um, they've made poor decisions. They've recruited poorly. They've made poor decisions in terms of head coaches. They've um, kind of opened um, disconnect with supporters and and, and ill will and, and poor feeling and... Um, yeah, it's just not a really great place. Carr not a great place to watch football. I'm, I'm sure you, yourself and other Sheffield Wednesday fans, when they think of Carrow Road, will think of it as being always full. Uh, come what may, it's always and and that's not been the case this season. There's been empty seats. There's a lot of apathy around. There's a lot of frustration around as well. There were some some recent comments from Delia Smith and, and Michael wynne Jones that that have kind of um, amplified that to an extent. So, yeah, it's um it's not great to be honest. And and um that's that's really intriguing but 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 also being quite sad to kind of cover if I'm if I'm being honest so um, yeah I think there's a as I say to, to every kind of opposition fan I speak to there's a real chance I think for, for teams that come to Carrow Road now because if you get the first goal the crowd turns then I think there's there's a real possibility that, that you leave Carrow Road with if not three points then then definitely a single point.
0: That's interesting. It, it, it's one of those where you sit there thinking, "Oh, how how
1: the other half live."
0: Look at you and your yeah. top half—three three points off your playoffs. I mean, surely this apathy that you mentioned must be um, must have been confounded a little bit by the tractor boys having such a good season as well.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that helps. And of course, eagle-eyed Sheffield Wednesday fans will know that on Saturday, Norwich head to Ipswich. So, mm-hmm. I think in in many ways, this game is not—it's not a distraction, but it, but it but it kind of is, um, and that. Yeah, like you say, Ipswich doing well doesn't help because Norwich have, I think it's 14 years now since Ipswich last beat Norwich, uh, 12 games. It, it's kind of been the norm. And and I think this time there's probably the expectation that they will win and and, and not just win, but probably win quite handsomely. And, and and that is a really horrible thought. And like you say, it doesn't help. But I, I think all I would say on, on the kind of three points thing is that... I think that's more of a reflection on the championship than it is on Norwich City. I know there's, there's kind of this big band of teams, isn't there, between about sixth and 21st and it's separated by nine points. So how much that actually means, I don't know, because Norwich certainly haven't been performing as a, a top six side this season. The, the last, Particularly the last two home games, which is a, a 1-0 win against QPR, where um, they were very, very fortunate. They had one shot on target and um, QPR had most of the ball, but put their boots on the wrong way around, I think, on, on that particular occasion and subsequently have gone on to win three games in a row, which is not a surprise to anybody. And then 0-0 on, on Saturday against Preston, where Preston came and put a load of men behind the ball and Norwich really struggles to break them down. So it's, it's not been great to watch. There's uh, It's not a very good squad. It's um, quite imbalanced. There's, there's lots of flaws of it. And yeah, I, I would say don't be fooled by how close Norwich City are to the playoffs at this moment in time, because um, their performances have have not been great at all.
0: That's uh, that's 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 interesting, and to be fair, that's probably why we do this show. Because uh, I, I don't know if anybody else has found this, but when you try and talk about somebody else's team on a on a certain team's podcast, nobody else really gives a shit, and uh, and it's quite you know I, I genuinely find that interesting because you know coming up tomorrow night as we're recording this, we've got um, we've got Norwich City, and we're on a bit of a bounce right now. Our, our new manager has used the international break very well. Uh, we seem to be playing better football. We've even got off the off the bottom from where we were under our in, initial manager from the start of the season in Chisco Munoth. So, <clears throat> given on what you're saying there, that there there must be an element of doubt in this upcoming fixture.
1: Yeah, I, I think the way Norwich are looking at it is probably an unhelpful game before that East Anglian derby. As I said, ideally. Mm-hmm you'd probably want a clear week. You'd probably want to, I don't know, try and slip an extra man onto the pitch at Portman Road and, and hope that mm-hmm. nobody notices. It's it's kind of in, in that territory. So uh, I think the way I would look at it is definitely a potential, bana- I know people hate that phrase, but a potential banana skin for, for Norwich, but probably also a game that the fans don't really want at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Whether the mm-hmm. players and David Wagner feel that way, I'm not sure because there is also an element, of course, of playing on it, not to get all Jurgen Klopp, but playing a Wednesday night and then playing on a, on a Saturday lunchtime. So whether that comes into the thinking as well. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a, of a hindrance, I think. And that's kind of how it's been being, being viewed. And, and whether that helps Sheffield Wednesday or not, we'll, we'll obviously see. But I don't think it can, it can do you guys any harm coming to, to Cow Road because a lot, of gay, a lot of people who will be attending the game tomorrow night won't be thinking about that game. They'll be thinking about the next one. And that, that sometimes um, can be really dangerous.
0: And that's that's what I'm hearing there Connor. So what you're telling me right now is that you're going to play all the reserves just to prep for the big game at the weekend and we might come in and steal a few points. I heard it. I heard you say it. So <laughs> So I'll tell you what let's uh, let's talk about that game against uh, against, against Preston. Here's your uh, on the screen now is your lineup um that you played against Preston and I found even at the early part of the season when we played them at Hillsborough they were very robust they were very difficult to break down. Didn't score a million goals, but, um, but the, uh, you know, it was only a 1-0 a loss given how terrible we were at the time. Um, how did you find Preston and, and what sort of changes are we ser- going to be looking at? But like, you know, like I say, you can only speculate given that the big goal game at the weekend, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. I, I, to be honest, I am speaking to David Wagner today, as I have. I don't anticipate him ringing the changes and playing a load of eighteen-year-olds. I, I don't think that will be the the way he approaches it. Whether whether he makes some changes to that eleven, I don't know. I think, for example, someone like Onel Hernandez um, there, who who hasn't scored a home goal now for four years. Um, is is someone who's is taking quite a bit of criticism. Uh, likewise, on the other wing, Christian Faschnack, you've got John Rowe, who's had a little bit of an injury, whether they decide to start him or uh, save him for Saturday, I think is, is, is one for debate. You can obviously see Kenny McLean there, who is not a central defender, playing as a central defender. And that is largely because Norwich uh, have lost Ben Gibson, who was their only left-footed uh, sort of footed centre-back, and they were playing Danny Bart Um, uh, and and a young lad called Jaden Warner and they weren't getting the same qualities in possession so David Vargen has kind of favoured playing Kenny McLean there Um, and whether that Suits what Sheffield Wednesday will do or not, but I think it's it's clear that there's an area there to be targeted. And I think Norwich's left side in in general is 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 one. Um, what he does with with the strikers as well, Adamida has scored the most goals of anybody in the Championship coming off the bench. But when he started, has been a little bit less effective and kind of thrives off when teams play a high line and there's loads of space to to run into. Ashley Barnes has just come back from an injury, but it's looked pretty ineffective since he's since he's come back. So I think there's there's a possibility for lots of changes in in lots of areas. If I'm honest. Um, and, and on Preston, you're, you're right. I think I think you know they came to Car Road um, on on the back of of three defeats. David Barkin said he was a little bit surprised by how they were set up. I wasn't necessarily. They essentially played a back five, four centre backs, all six. Six plus, I don't think their their full backs or wing backs got across the halfway line, and they still couldn't nick the game one-nil. They hit the bar, they had a chance um, late on from, from a corner. There was a volley that they flashed over. So you compare kind of the, the clear-cut chances. Norwich only had four shots on target. One of those was was a miss from Liam Gibbs, which was scandalous, really, how how he missed that. Um so so you know, it actually could have gone either way, I, I would say, but but Norwich had a lot of the ball.
0: We all know away days are min, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now with the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. For more information, see mcdonalds.com. See you later.
1: David Wagner is expecting Sheffield Wednesday to play a little bit differently, so whether he sets up a little bit differently, but for me, that the the key thing is what he does around Kenny McLean because that he's the way he's kind of framed it is against teams where I would expect he would expect to have a lot of, of the ball. Kenny McLean is, is excellent for those type of games. In games where maybe there's a little bit more of a threat, they might look to maybe put in Danny Bart, look to win those first contacts and then have Kenny McLean kind of sniffing around the second ball. So I think you can read in a lot of what Norwich City will attempt to do tomorrow night based on whether Kenny McLean will be starting as a centre-back or not.
0: Interesting one because uh, we we know Danny Bart as a player from, and I've just realised it's about twelve years ago when we used to have him. He's and played for everyone then, in the championship. <laughs> he has now, yeah, I suppose. Uh, but back then he was absolutely jacked. He uh, he helped us get promoted out of uh, out of our, out of League One again, um, and he was he was a big he was huge. He got into his bodybuilding; he was massive, and and for League One football, it really. You know, it's really what they needed. And then when he, during his time with, I think it was Stoke, wasn't it, before he signed for you guys, and 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 that sort of time, he would got himself into more of a lean shape. Is I mean, what type of player is Bart nowadays?
1: Because before he was a big old bruiser, but you don't lose that weight unless you want to start running, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I, to, to be honest, we've not not seen that much of him. Norwich signed him very, very, very late on deadline day to the point where they had to mm-hmm. get a 15-minute extension to confirm the, the deal. And, and he was kind of frantically ringing people up, saying, is it gone through? Have I signed? Have I signed? Because they lost on Andrew Omavardelli quite late to, to Nottingham Forest for um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a sum of money, uh, significant or not, depending on who you speak to. Um, <laughs> and so they, they had to kind of scramble a little bit. So I think he was kind of imposed on David Wagner. Um, We've got to a stage where uh, Shane Duffy was suspended a couple of weeks ago. He played for a couple of games. So Norwich won at Cardiff. He played there and and, and, and had a very good game. Um, then played in, in, in that QPR win where he kept a clean sheet. And then uh, a... a Defeat at Watford when Norwich went two 0 up, uh, he scored in actually from a corner, and then and then they they kind of threw away a two goal lead. And um, but the QPR game, I, th- I think maybe shows his limitations in terms of on the ball, and, and and that's been maybe the big issue that that David Wagner identified that their defenders that were making individual errors too too costly. They were getting caught in transition, and he's kind of paid the price for that a little bit. Hasn't played as uh, well in, in the last two games, and has been favoured for a central midfielder. You're never in a good place, I think, as a central defender when when that happens. So yeah. to be honest I think he's probably looking around wondering why on earth he made the move from from Sunderland at this stage because he hasn't had a lot of football um he's kind of been overlooked and 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 now there are defenders coming back Ben Gibson should be back in training next week Grant Hanley even sooner but uh, I think both of those guys will maybe take a little bit longer so he's probably going to move pretty quickly to fourth choice centre-back which is never a good place to be so um yeah Lina definitely I'd I'd say old-fashioned in terms of head it kick it not much else, um, which is which is fine. Um, but when you want to play out from the back, it's it's not ideal. And when you want to play as David Ralston does, a pretty high line to have uh, a centre back pairing of of Danny Bart 33, 34, and, and Shane Duffy who's thirty one, mm-hmm. not really ideal. So they've they've kind of moved away from that and and, and are trying Kenny McLean there. But I think there's there's still some scepticism about whether Kenny McLean can stand up to a real physical battle. Um, and uh, not sure in, in games against Bristol City and uh, and against Preston, who, as we said, showed really little ambition to come to Coward and attack... Whether those tests can really be te- can can really be kind of passed, but I think the fear is that Norwich go into that into that derby on on Saturday, and he's not really been tested. He gets thrown in there against one of the 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 championship's best attacks, and and gets annihilated. And that's not really the time where you want to be seeing whether or not he can he can live with that kind of thing. So, in a weird kind of way, it would be nice if he got a bit more of a test tomorrow night to to maybe see that if he is deployed in that position.
0: Well, let's uh, let's let's talk briefly just before we wrap this up. Let's talk briefly about uh, about David Wagner because I've just realised how long it's been we've been out of the game a little bit in terms of what I knew about Norwich when I started to look around and what you know what you know in terms of research. And um, we're a long way from Farker and Pookie and you know thirty yard screamers from Forestieri and, and all the rest of it, but. One thing that I, I would like to settle once and for all is is how good a manager is actually David Wagner. Um, <laughs> you know he got he got Huddersfield promoted by playing anti negative football. You know went through the playoffs not scoring a goal, I think, and then and then ended up in the Premier League. Uh, and they subsequently let him go. And then since then he's 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 going to turn into Danny Bart. But I I think in the next five years he's going to have managed all of the Championship clubs at some point. Uh, but I, I can't seem to work out where he sits. Is he up there with with Neil Warnock, or is he down there with Chisko Munoth? Like, we, I can't, I can't seem to wear, work out where he is on the scale. Was it an exciting proposition for you guys to get
1: him when he turned up? Not really. Uh, I, I think that I think that's that's fair to say. And I think I think probably the the question that you've asked there is a lot of uh, the question a lot of a lot of the Norwich fans are. Uh, are asking themselves He's he's been in post now well since January when, when when he replaced Dean Smith who was someone who who didn't enjoy a very good relationship with supporters at all and um was heavily criticized for for his his style of play no again Norwich were in the top six when they when they sacked him last last Christmas but performances were were, were really poor uh, and and they've probably regressed even further under Wagner I think I think that's fair to say he was Again, it feels quite harsh saying some of this stuff, but I think compared to you look at Alex Neil losing his job and well over the last 10 games, Norwich City have taken the exact same number of points as Stoke have. Tony Mowbray lost his job. Well, Norwich have taken one point fewer than Sunderland have taken over the last 10 games. He had a run of four defeats on the spin. You're very fortunate now as a manager, if you you go through that spell and, and you survive and... I think there's there's still a a lot of Norwich fans who would like to see a change and 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 mm-hmm. and that's probably reflective of, of maybe what he hasn't done over the over the last um 10 12 months or so really which is not really establish a style of play and there's been a lot of contradiction in his reign so he spoke a lot about wanting to play a high octane high pressing style and and then Norwich in the summer went and and, and signed a load of players who were Thirty or, or above, they've they've got eleven players now who are thirty or above, and seven of those are contracted um, beyond this season. And then just a couple of weeks ago, Norwich have changed sporting director. There's a new guy who's come in. He says the squad's too old, and suddenly David Wagner's going, "Yeah, the squad is too old." It's like, well, you know, you help build it in the summer, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah you, you you're the reason for that, pal. <laughs> exactly. So I, I think I think there's still a lot of uncertainty about long term about whether he can fit. I think at the moment the school of thought seems to be from internally. From from Norwich's perspective, we've got an old squad. He can manage an old squad, and then maybe if we want to change that later on down the line, then maybe we'll look to change him. He's on a twelve-month rolling contract, so there's not that much security there. But I think I think the way I would sum it up is if 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 he got dismissed tonight, if there was a statement saying David Wagner's left Norwich City, I think there would probably be more people. In favour of that than than weren't, and I think that's that's a really that's when you're in that place as a manager, it's it's very hard to get out of. So, yeah, underwhelmed. And I think just the final point I would I would make on this is there is um, maybe this kind of perception that when Stuart Weber was at the club, because of the two of them worked together at Huddersfield, got Huddersfield up, dismissed Dean Smith, in comes David Wagner. And I think there's always been this narrative of, well, you just appointed your mate, which, which is basically kind of <laughs> followed, followed him, followed him round until he departed about two weeks ago. Norwich now have a new sporting director, Ben Napa, who's arrived from Arsenal. And again, now the narrative is, well, this isn't your guy. You didn't appoint this guy. And um, so, so he's, he's, he's been maybe a little bit unlucky with with kind of what he's walked into and the changes above him. But um, yeah, Norwich have, have progressed significantly over the, over the last two years off on and off the pitch. And um it's difficult to know how they kind of move away from this without moving away from David Wagner. And I think that's the challenge that he has the long term. And, you know, as we mentioned, if he becomes the first Norwich manager to lose to Ipswich since 2009, it's not going to do him any favours.
0: I, th- I think that'll be a nail in his coffin. And especially when you've got people like Alex Neil and Mowbray available now. Uh, and, and and I know, like, I heard a really interesting debate on the, on the radio earlier on that, like, they were talking about David Moyes and they said that David Moyes is an established Premier League manager. He's a manager in the Premier League. Whether you like him, whether you don't, that, that man has managed in the Premier League, and, and that's what he is. Uh, but people tend to think that the sexy appointment are these German managers, these Spanish managers that, that come over and they're young, and they've they've learnt a different school of football, and that's the sexy option. But whereas it sometimes it doesn't always work. Now, for Wagner, six years ago it worked, and I feel like he's been dining out on that, ever since with without
1: any real cv succession moving forward right yeah um, it's, it's it's a bit I mean what I would compare it to is Paul Lambert at Norwich two, two mm. promotions and, and has really struggled everywhere else he's been it's, it's very similar sometimes the stars can align and things can work at, at one place that you know uh, have no reason to work but do work and there's no real science behind it and I think that there is maybe an element of that because at Schalke at Young Boys at Norwich he's re- probably really struggled to recapture that success. He could go on and get Norwich City promoted, but at, at the moment it probably doesn't feel like that's especially likely and I think at the moment it just kind of feels like he's maybe exactly that, a safe pair of hands. He'll get you into mid-table, maybe not beyond beyond that. He has to now prove with again a, a pretty imperfect squad that he can he can do better than that. But it it feels like that is kind of the view that is forming around him and and I think that's also an element from for him which is like if if he does lose his job at Norwich where, where does he go after that with, with what's happened subsequently from Huddersfield I'm not quite sure
0: well that's, that's it isn't it Connor
1: thank you so much for joining me this evening thanks a lot ladies and gents Connor Subble Hello from the
0: other side. it's the 90th minute you've got all your mates round you've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automatic delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information.
2: See you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well?